0: This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show talking basketball now with Robin Wachett, and it's been, uh, man, it's been a week for Fred Hoiberg and his crew as they have turned themselves into a traveling professional basketball team over the last couple of weeks. And we, we knew this was coming, Robin. Um, we knew they were essentially going to be like a the Washington Generals of the Big Ten having to mm-hmm. <laughs> play a game every night, anywhere, back-to-back. I mean – and I don't know if you've looked this up, Robin, but has there ever been a team in the Big Ten? I know other leagues are doing this now to save money for COVID, but has there ever been a back-to-back deal like that ever in the that that you can come up with in a major conference, not not like a Summit League-type deal?
1: Well, I mean, like with Nebraska, the last time they played a back-to-back was in the 20s. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> as far as the uh, conference goes, they played hawaii back-to-back when they were out there in the 70s. But, I mean, it's it's rare. And I think Maryland was even further behind that. So, I mean, this was uh, pretty uncharted waters for, for everybody. And so, no, I mean, major conference teams don't do this. I mean, outside of conference tournaments, uh, playing two league games in two days, it just doesn't happen. And, you know, obviously there's extenuating circumstances here that everyone's going to have to try to adjust to. But uh, it seems like Nebraska has really gotten the short straw – in every one of these situations. I mean, so even go back, like, before their shutdown, you know, they were supposed to open uh, against Wisconsin on the road, and they ended up moving that game back a day because Wisconsin had to make up uh, its Big Ten – no, some, some non-conference game uh, with Louisville and because Louisville was shut down with COVID. And so the Nebraska accommodated with the Big Ten and pushed their game back a day, gave themselves one less day of preparation uh, for Michigan, their, their home conference opener. And that kind of just where it's kind of snowballed from there to where since the shutdown, I mean, they've just had it piled on them where every 48 hours and sometimes every 24 hours, they're playing a, a conference game and, you know, obviously seven games, 12 days over five states. They traveled over 4,000 miles in the span of two weeks. Like that just doesn't happen. And you know, it's the situation Nebraska's in because of their shutdown. And there's also something to be said for if they really didn't want to play these games, they could make a big stink about it. And Fred could be like, you know what? Find me. We're not playing these games. They're not they're playing and they're going to try to make the most out of the situation but there is zero question that this is an absolute uh chaotic uh disaster of a schedule for Nebraska and they're just trying to make it through it day by
0: day that Michigan game on December 25th feels like years ago oh, man. and you're Nebraska telling, was <laughs> Nebraska was like tied at the half it was 36-34 know. Michigan know. at the break and you kind of like felt like shoot they got a chance to win this on Christmas Day in Lincoln? And then, obviously, we know the season and what the month of January looked like for Nebraska. And Now, Robin, Nebraska is 1-11 in the conference, so there's eight games left. I mean, of those remaining eight, how close to the 20 do you think they'll get to?
1: I mean, I guess it seems like they're on track to try to get as close to it as possible. I could see, you know... Them getting maybe 18 at minimum. Uh, I think that might be a little bit more realistic just given uh, what Nebraska's already had to go through. Um, But really, so they're playing Saturday, you know, home against Penn State, or sorry, um, against Purdue. And then Penn State's coming to town on Tuesday. There's games on the schedule after that, but everything beyond. Tuesday, the 23rd is subject to change. So there's still games getting moved around. I know uh, Fran McCaffrey this week was talking about, you know, when they're going to make their uh, make up the the postponed game with Nebraska. And he thought, you know, he threw out a couple windows that maybe they could try to pack some games on in the back end of the season. There's, there's a couple windows that if you look at it uh, would make sense, but it's still all being discussed right now. Like everything is still in flux Beyond Tuesday and that's this I mean that's been like that for a couple weeks now where Nebraska is literally figuring out who it's going to play days before the game is scheduled to happen and it's again uh, the the least ideal scenario possible but it's just kind of the reality of what they have to do in order to play a full season
0: yeah it's like if you play Wednesday Saturday they're like all right we're going to figure out who we can make it move so you can play Tuesday Thursday Saturday exactly and and that's kind of the puzzling that we've seen go on here, and then obviously the back to back. And if you're Maryland, you're like, absolutely, we'll play Nebraska back to back. We got a great chance to win two games at home, and now all of a sudden Maryland is in a very good position on the bubble at 13 and 10, and they've gotten their record up to seven nine in the conference. And you know, in the Big Ten, it's a Big Ten win regardless. So I, I think this league right now is going to get anywhere. Robin, it appears between eight to ten bids. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, probably nine is the likely, or do you think they can get ten?
1: Yeah, I think ten's still very much in the realm of possibility, and Maryland is kind of that, that last team that's that's got a chance, and so getting two straight conference wins in two days was a really big is deal. Is Indiana
0: in right now, or are they out?
1: Uh, they're, they're in, but Michigan State's out for sure. I mean, they basically they have to win the Big Ten. Yeah, tournament. there's
0: four teams that are out, Northwestern, Nebraska, Penn State, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Then the other ten are all—
1: So Nebraska like dealt— Penn State like a death blow with that win. That losing to Nebraska at home was huge for like really bad for Penn State's NCAA tournament hopes. And so you know, really, I mean, there's still a legitimate chance they can get ten teams in, especially if Maryland's able to keep it up.
0: You're listening here to the Husker Align Show, Robin. um, You know, there were some flashes. Obviously, um, Friday they they go blow blow for blow with a potential one seed. They should have won the game against Illinois. Yeah. I mean, I know you've been around a lot of them, Robin, of losses in the last ten years. That had to be right up there um, with how just the disappointment you can oh, see sure. in that last possession to have a chance to draw a foul and win the game on a free throw or just do something and anything to sit up there and <laughs>
1: get a shot off,
0: <laughs> drive a, dribble the ball like you were just trying to run the clock. I mean,
1: well, that what happened on that play as you might imagine, was not what was supposed to happen on that play from the way I've watched that play a lot, and I, I watched you know a couple different views, and there's one where uh, you can see Fred uh, on the sideline throughout the whole thing, and uh, you know Trey's holding the ball, Teddy Allen comes up to him and looks like Teddy's calling for the ball Trey doesn't give it up, and then they both kind of just stand around there and look at each other, and <laughs> Teddy puts his hands up like, what's going on? And as soon as he does that, Fred does it at the exact same time, so clearly, I mean, at least I would uh, guess that that meant that Teddy was supposed to get the ball on that play, and for whatever reason, Trey didn't give it up, and then he decided that, you know, he was going to have to go make a play in another part of it. I think Delano Banton was supposed to be on the other end of the floor. He was supposed to be in the corner as a kickout option for a three-pointer, and he went to the wrong corner. And so as the play's developing, he's like scrambling to get over the other side. So for the majority of those final 16 seconds, they had three guys kind of off to the side on the opposite corner with Teddy and Trey not knowing who's supposed to get the ball, and it was just an absolute disaster. And to, so for for that Final play to cap off the effort they gave to have a chance to win that game was such a gut punch. But, you know, they responded in a really good way uh, two days later at Penn State.
0: And, yeah, you think about Fred Hoiberg and what he brings to the table. Like, you're like, all right, Fred Hoiberg is a mastermind basketball guy. Doc Sadler knows how to draw something up. So you're like, they got a timeout. The ball's on the sideline. They had a – I mean, you're like, this is where Fred Hoiberg can, you know, maybe – outmaneuver Brad Underwood or somebody and, and draw something up here to get a shot, just to get us a shot. And, yeah. the, and the fact well, that they you, didn't.
1: There's a reason he was so mad after that play where he's ripping off his mask and throwing it to the ground, screaming that Fred Hoiberg does not do. Was that, that the thing. most angry you've seen? Absolutely, No question about it. I mean, he's been mad before, but like, <laughs> it's like spiking. He his went like Nick down. Saban. Yeah. I mean, it was like the full headset. blown, like rage that that play went the way it went. And so. I think it's kind of just sums up what Nebraska basketball has been this year and how frustrating of a year this has been for Fred Hoiberg in particular,
0: but they win Penn state play Maryland tough two nights in a row, but just have that proverbial run out of gas, Nebraska basketball moment where they go several minutes without making a field goal and miss several layups. And then Maryland gets wide open threes and starts making them. And you know, they they ha- Maryland was not playing well no. for a lot of those games and, Nebraska could have jumped on them, but they just could not hit shots.
1: What's funny is that the first game, you know, Nebraska lost that game by fourteen, but you could argue they played better in that first game, and things just got away from them. And again, you go back to the second half against Penn State. Nebraska won that game, but they went eight the eight and a half minutes without scoring a point, and it wasn't until Teddy Allen's last second game winner that they finally broke that streak. So uh, they, you know, they were having issues. Staying, keeping their legs under them for a full 40 minutes, even before going to Maryland and playing two games in two days. And uh, you could just see uh, the second half of both those games, Nebraska just wore down. And really in the second game uh, from the very jump, they were out of it. And Fred after the game said, uh, you know, he gave his pregame pep talk and usually guys jump up and are screaming and, you know, ready to run and take the court. He said he, he gave his last little speech and then guys kind of sat there for an extra five, six seconds slowly got up and you know started making their way to the court and they just they looked like a team that didn't really want to play from before the game even tipped off and they it certainly pan, played out that way uh, as the game went on.
0: And Maryland now with a net ranking of 35 so they're they're in pretty good shape going forward. Penn State as you mentioned Robin they have a net of 38. Yeah,
1: they were 31 when Nebraska played them. <laughs> so- Nebraska got a quad one win. <laughs> That's- uh-
0: fantastic uh, well we're going to close the show when we come back uh, we had our final in-state tour event in omaha over the weekend um, had a great turnout nate klaus and i will discuss that and more you're listening here to last car line show